good evening. For those of you here, uh, we want you to know that Susan Ritta, an accomplished musician herself, is here now to help us get a look into the lives and ventures of some of her favorite musicians. We have a few guests here that you might be able to see fiddling around and other such such a little later on tonight. So let's welcome Susan Ritta and friends for a little in-depth look at the music industry. So we've got, so we're just going to chit-chat then. This is almost turning into like a private interview that I normally do in the, what I've done in the past in like green rooms, yes. uh, since there's nobody here. Oh, there's a couple of people here. Okay, okay. Um, in the past, here at the Greeley Irish Festival and at other Irish Fests, I, uh, well, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Susan. I'm the host of Thunder on the Plains, which is Nebraska's only local Celtic music radio show, and it is hosted on Lincoln's community radio station, KZUM, so nonprofit community radio. I'm a volunteer. All the DJs are volunteers. I've been doing this for about 15 years now, and since 2013, I've been going to festivals around the region and interviewing bands. And like I'd done in Greeley, for the most part in the past, and at other festivals, I would go to uh, their green rooms or to a quiet space. I've done interviews in parking garages, on golf carts, lots of hotel lobbies, hotel lobbies um, wherever we can find a cool or air-conditioned space that's relatively quiet, that's where we go. Uh, but this last year, Greeley uh, and I, we decided to try something new, which is actually done at a few other festivals in the U.S. where we have actual Q&A sessions with bands. And so uh, earlier today, I chatted with a couple of members of the Callahans and Wild Colonial Boys, and now we've got two of the members of the Town Pants and Dave Marsh, who is a, both a solo musician today, but has also performed here on the Greeley stage in Ellis Island and Paddywhack. Paddywhack's performed here? Oh, Paddywhack's not been here. There's been another band that you've performed here, though, right? Or is it just you? No, it's just been me. Oh, okay. Uh, Ellis Island has been here twice. Yeah, but <laughs> Dave performs in so many different mu uh, music and places throughout the area throughout the years that I get them all mixed up. So I've been to every one of these but one. Really? Every one but one? Which one did you miss? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember most of them that I was here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I, I, nice. I'm old enough to say that honestly. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to have a nice easy chat. And uh, if you have any questions uh, throughout the next uh, hour or so, feel free to shout them out, raise your hand, uh, let us know. We're happy to just kind of sit and chat and let you guys get to know the bands a little bit better. So. <laughs> Thanks right. for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves, um, tell your name, and then kind of the instrument or instruments that you play in the band. And for Dave Marsh over there, that'll take about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Johanna So. I play the violin with the town pants and occasionally sing background vocals. <laughs> and one verse. And one verse. Uh, one verse. <laughs> I'm Dave. I play uh, the banjo and the mandolin and uh, sing in the town pants. I'm Dave Marsh. I'm here uh, as part of the Humanities Nebraska uh, Grant, I performed a number of those programs. Um, this one's Music of Ireland. I play in uh, a band that has been playing since the late 70s. Uh, still going once in a while. Uh, <laughs> called Paddywhack. We're still in Lincoln. And um, Ellis Island has been going only for about 22 years. Only. Right, and we've, yeah, we've been here a couple of times. 
And you play? I play uh, the accordion, uh, five-string banjo, uh, auto harp, whistles, a lot of percussion stuff, um, some other things. Awesome. Hammer dulcimer. Hammer dulcimer. Did you already say accordion? I did. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Harmonica. Harmonica. Spoons. <laughs> Yo, yeah, he's right. very good at the spoons. I'll, I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> so I think w the big elephant in the room that we, we've got to address right away is the town pants. Quietly, but not in a way that's like hiding the fact you've mentioned in some posts online that this is your last year of being a band. And uh, what I heard on the stage today is that this is actually your last festival. What, well, first, can you confirm or deny? And then also, what, what brought about this being that, that Dano Ma year for you as a group? Uh, there's a lot going on with that question. <laughs> I ask uh, really has, loaded yeah. questions. It, it, has it gives been, you a uh, chance to go wherever <laughs> you want. So. It's been, it's been 25 years that we've been together. Johanna, since, uh, you know, she was four. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, we've put a lot of miles on. And uh, it, 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 in all honesty, we've been to some amazing places and done amazing things. But it is, it is worn. There's still a lot of miles, you know, like uh, at one point, maybe, maybe five years ago, I realized that every single year we drove the circumference of the earth in our van touring every year. Uh, and it's just, it just wears you down, like uh, physically uh, and mentally. And uh, it's not the end of the band. I think it's the end of touring. Yeah, so I think you'll probably still see us do some online stuff, some, you know, things. It's just that driving 15,000 miles a year in the van was just, it's just not tenable. It's not easy to do. Uh, and uh, Johanna here has her own complete project coming out, which is separate, and she's going to go do that thing, and we're going to support her in that as much as we can. Oh, obviously. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's 25 years, and 25 years that have been at our level is actually... I feel very well accomplished at that. Yeah, I'd agree. Was there anything in any one moment or that you guys were like, you know, like how did, how did that conversation start? Or was it something that was like two years, three years in the making? Like, all right, we got to wind down. We got to wind down. Or was it one day y'all got um, together and it was like, hey, can we be done now? Okay, well, uh, I don't want to make it about me, but a couple of years ago at the Dublin Irish Festival, I collapsed on stage. I had a heart issue and I ended up having four separate heart procedures just to keep me alive and now I'm on handfuls of pills and I also broke my spine carrying gear which is literally currently broken my uh, spine is sliding off my hips slowly so I'm on uh, a number of medications that keep me walking upright and literally just sitting getting here which I love this festival but it took us 30 hours to get here and 30 hours of sitting in a van it's not good for a guy with a broken spine. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Sounds weird. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like physically I'm broken down. My brother also, uh, just, just again, 25 years of this, Dwayne was in musical theater for years at, before the band, and his voice has just started to just wear and tear. As I like to say, why are you retiring? I'm like, old. I'm not that, I'm not that old, but... 
we've put a lot of miles on. Let's put it that way. And you know, there's a lot of reasons, and it was just the right time. We like 25 is a nice, nice number. You know, you think mm, 25 years uh, doing this is pretty good. So yeah. More than one vehicle ha yeah. is like over has rotated over 100,000 at this point. Oh, yeah. So I also think COVID shutting us down forced us to actually observe our lives in a different way and kind of go, huh, wasn't so bad not doing that all summer long. <laughs> wow, I might be able to do that a little bit more often. Did that in turn help your project kind of take off? It um, did, for sure. I mean, to be quite frank, I think all musicians really struggled with the shutdown moment and it took me about six months to even start thinking about doing something else. Um, songwriting was sort of a winter project and then recording time was like six months in the studio and Dave plays a beautiful classical guitar on one of those tracks. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah. It's and not hard on the spine. <laughs> <laughs> so tell a little bit more about this project. The artist's name will be Joe So, so it's something a bit new for me, and it's orchestral pop, kind of retro-futuristic. Um, it's the first project that I've been the vocalist on, so that was new to me. I needed a lot of like training and practice with my voice, and I don't envy of vocalists. <laughs> It's like, wow, you guys really have to do a lot to keep your voice in shape. Um, so I have that coming for me. Um, Dwayne helped produce. He was in the studio every day that I was and helped songwrite as well. And yeah, we, we've just been waiting to release it kind of to like give the town pants, you know, for us to all focus on what we were doing with the town pants this year. And then next year, kind of a new chapter. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're really just holding off the release of your project, your solo project, once the band is done touring? I didn't really plan it that way, but it kind of happened that way because I personally didn't want my efforts to be spliced yeah. in too many places. And I didn't want to just throw out a bunch of songs on Spotify without a proper timing and mm -hmm. promotion. So in the, in the meantime, we've been like doing some music video production Ooh, yeah <laughs> they're making a concept <laughs> like they there's how many songs on the album there's eight, tracks. there's eight tracks and they have a whole story that they've been filming that will take there it's amazingly uh, interesting like i've seen and been part of some of it and it's going to be it's going to be great i think it's going to be wonderful to watch it all come out and unfold this sounds a lot like uh, Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer. Is it is it in kind of that vibe where she had like the 40-minute video Was for it like, like eight tracks? A beginning to end yeah, video? Yeah, there's like a, a complete narrative yeah. arc like to the yes. story of the video and then the, the tracks Pretty of the much. album. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, cool. it, it's that style. So you would be able okay. to watch it from beginning to end, but we might not release them in order. Aha, I gotcha. So. so confusing story. Very confusing, yeah. <laughs> so what's the time frame for this? Like you had said on stage that the Town Pants, this is their last festival, but when is the touring time done for the band officially? Our official last show is the 15th of October in Rochester. Uh, this is our last like outdoor festival. We play uh, on the first in Jamestown, New York, which has kind of been our center base. New York? For 20 years, yeah. Like, 
basically upstate New York has been the center of everything. We've just gone, kind of done to where we started, and we've kind of just done concentric circles out, outwards where we play one city, and then uh, the next year someone says, we want you to come play our city, which is an hour past that. And then the next year it was an hour past that. And so it just got bigger and bigger. And then, we, you know, we got shows like this and Greeley, like way the heck out of the way. But <laughs> it's been wonderful. This is three years we've done this. It's fantastic. And, you know, it, to be honest, the first year we did it, the 30-hour drive didn't seem so bad. <laughs> it really didn't. And yeah. then spine. And then spine. <laughs> and different things happened in between, obviously. But, uh, yeah, and so... Um, that's it. We're going to play the Spire in Jamestown, and then we do one last bus tour of Scotland. Ah, oh, bus tour. Oh, yeah. Tell a little bit about the bus tour. <laughs> do you want to take this, David? No. Okay. So what happens is um, you get on a bus with the band for seven days, eight days. Yeah. Uh, you fly in. It's, it's absolutely it's so much fun because you just get on the bus with us for a week. And it's, you're so well taken care of. The, the bus drivers know everything. Like, they can tell you, oh, that, that mound of dirt over there? <laughs> the King of Scotland died there, 1632, in a battle. Like, what? Uh, and, uh, you know, you're, everything's taken care of. You don't even have to carry your bags to your room. You get in to the hotel. The key's just waiting there with your name on it. You just walk up. The bags appear. Lunches. You don't and, have to carry your bags. I don't carry anything anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not if I can help, but I, I do get a lot of help now since people have known. They're like, no, no, put the banjo down. Banjo weighs 30 pounds. Don't take that. Yeah. Yeah. Is the tour full or are you still taking? Oh, no. We can, we can get as many as we want. Oh, okay. Yeah. If folks are interested, where would they go for the details? Uh, well, they can go to our website, thetownpants.com, okay. uh, or uh, Facebook, or we're everywhere. Hammond Tours. On Hammond Tours, you would go Celtic Band bus tours and then just find the town pants, and then all the info would be there. Nice. Yeah. That's going to be a really good way to kind of say goodbye as like yeah. a global touring kind of a, of a group. So mm -hmm. are there any questions for uh, any of the folks up here right now? If not, we'll just kind of keep going. <laughs> it's okay. Like I didn't, I'm not expecting people in the, like that's my job here. So I'm not, I'm not putting you all on the spot. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Last year I had like a whole like list on that I was going down and now I, this year has been kind of wild so I'm just like you know what we'll go back to our roots of just yeah. flying by the seat of my pants. You're a pro. What? You're a pro. Yeah, I'm a volunteer pro but I'm a pro. <laughs> Dave Marsh will pass the mic over to you. Uh, they well, have I'm, been talking. I'm going to enjoy and listen to all that. I know and now it's your turn. Have to talk. But uh, kind of going along the lines of being a band with a lot of longevity, you had mentioned you've got Ellis Island that is going on 22 years and yeah. Patty Wack that has played uh, off and on. There have been some breaks we, with the band. We but had a 40th reunion a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> how, how has that longevity worked for you guys? Like, How have you had to adapt through the years as musicians? Well, I mean, I think both bands made decisions early on that we... Um, had other things going on in our lives that uh, made us helped us decide not to do this kind of touring thing. I mean, myself, uh, we after 12 years of infertility stuff, not to get real personal here, but we adopted two children, and I and I flirted with the opportunity to go on. Uh, 
a, a bigger stage. Just say who it was. You got <laughs> no, invited. Oh, come right. on. I want to know now. No. You know, it was not to be. I mean, personally, I would love to have have done that just for my own personal experience and to play with that kind of group in that uh, kind of setting. But um, again, both bands, uh, my work, I'm a mental health therapist. I went into music therapy years ago, and that evolved into, mu into mental health just work. And I, going on the road and with that kind of career doesn't work. So I've worked pretty hard, both bands have, and um, to establish our presence in the Midwest, I mean, Kansas City, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, um, and make a go of it. I mean, I'm, I'm as busy as I need to be. Uh, I'm playing a number of gigs a month, and uh, I mean, things are coming back, but there was, you know, before COVID, I was, you know, 10 to 15 gigs a month, and that's a lot <laughs> for, for holding down a career. And, and I'm halfway a farmer. <laughs> the same yeah. Thing. I, I'm watching your Facebook posts. Your, your more and more peppers are harvested every season. So hot sauce, I'm hot, a hot sauce. sauce, lots and lots specialist. of jars of hot sauce for this a, a man. A nerd, hot sauce nerd. Yeah. No, it sounds like it's it's the past few years have really brought a lot of musicians the opportunity to get a chance of perspective and to catch up on the identifying really what is too much, what is, what is gonna be a meaningful amount of touring and performing and a meaningful amount of music and what is that ultimate sort of, I hate to get weird in here, but the capitalist grind, getting, right. getting worn down by the capitalist grind so that you lose that sense of uh, creativity and that sense of self that is so important to playing the music. So I'm hearing that in you and deciding to stay local and, and respecting the band's desire to, to perform locally. And I'm hearing you guys saying after all this years as a professional band and touring that now it means it's time to just kind of step back and find new outlets that are safer and healthier. When, uh, when COVID hit, it was devastating. Like we literally just, we were like, I think the last van out of the States, we played in Buffalo Irish Festival on the 15th and the, uh, the borders closed on the 16th of March, 2020. And we literally did the show and, and we're like, they're closing the borders where we have to leave now. We're at the Peace Arch in uh, Niagara Falls, which is the busiest crossing in the States. There was nobody. We stayed in, in Niagara Falls, there was nobody. <laughs> And so we're like, well, we don't know what, what we're going to do now. And at first, oh, we're going to write albums, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then for the first summer in 16 years, I was in my own home in Vancouver. I'm like, this isn't so bad. Oh, it's really nice here in Vancouver in the summer. I'm not getting in a van every single morning of my life and going and, and having to be ready. And it, it was, I, I thought, this isn't so bad at all. And then I thought, oh, we're going to write the new album. And I didn't do that. And I thought, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. Didn't do that. And, uh, and then we, but we did. Like, uh, you know, she got really busy. I got really lazy. Some people, we know a lot of musicians. We know a lot of musicians that, uh, that did the same thing. Some of them just went crazy and were like, going to be super creative. And Brian Finnegan of Fluke. Anybody follow Brian Finnegan? No. He wrote an album that literally was called Hunger of the Skin, 
because he could not sit still and he all this music was just coming out of him and his whole album was like I couldn't help it it was just I had to I had to I had to and this, yeah. That wasn't me. <laughs> you needed rest. Yeah, I needed I needed rest. And rest. I, I was like, this is I can I can do this. And I, as much as I love touring, like we've done it for years, I love playing. Like I don't ever want to stop playing. It's just that we can't do the touring at this level. And to be honest, it's a it's hard. A lot of businesses are still just recovering, and so some places they'll be like, well, we're limited to half capacity still. Some places, and we just. Or we lost connections, or people grew up. They people went to different things, different, uh, you know, and uh, it just it wasn't there. And uh, it was just, it was a good time, so we figured, you know. And some again, a lot of people were really reinvigorated, like mm-hmm. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I needed time to relax first, and that, like I said, you know, it was you like needed six, rest too. Yeah, it was like six months of just, and then slowly awakening those creative muscles and then once I started I couldn't stop but I did need like nothing for a while I think it's really good uh, I mean these are good uh, stories to share not only from a musician's perspective but I think a lot of people around the world is, who have also been sucked into that grind culture of keep going keep going keep going do what you love and make a profit out of it to the point that what you love to create is no longer fun but necessary and when that stopped then you found a new way to have that rest for your brain to rediscover what you loved in the first place so so on that note just checking are there any questions here Hi, this is Colleen with Pearson. Hi, this is Ashley Davis, Burning Bridget Cleary. Hi, I'm Kiana. Chloe Tana. I'm one of the principal dancers with Riverdance. This is Sarah McQuaid. South Dakota Sandra. This is Shannon Heaton from Boston. I'm Cara Butler. Caddy Finlayson. Hi, this is Rojane Laux. And I'm Emily Dugas. And you're listening to Tashiv Agaishchuk. And you're listening to Thunder on the Plains. 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 On KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. On that note, then I would love to hear. Two dogs. I would love to hear what some of your favorite moments have been through the years on the town pants. Like R-rated or? Um. All right. Let's see. The kids are leaving. Oh wait, she's she's coming back. She's like, I want to hear all the dirty jokes. All the dirty. I'm sure you no, you start. You it's start. <laughs> we didn't plan it. <laughs> Maybe instead of favorite, I'll start with first. First? Yeah. Like, yeah. So my first weekend with the town pants, I was brutally terrified. Like, I only had two weeks to learn their entire song library. And we had one That's rehearsal. A lot for two weeks. Yeah, and they didn't give me a set list. They just said, here are all of our albums. And then we had one rehearsal. And then three, you know, just started Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like first weekend hitting the road together. And I just remember standing there on stage, like as stiff as a board. I had, I didn't have a wireless set up yet. So I was just plugged into a cable, which was fine for me at the time because I wasn't moving Moving. much. (laughs) Because all I could think was like, what's the next song? How does the next song start? And I keep looking at Dave and like, looking at the titles because sometimes the titles would get like confused in my mind and then I'd look at Dave for like 
Can you whistle the beginning? Which one is this? Yeah. Just whistle the first three notes to me so I know what's happening. What's the difference, <laughs> what's the difference between old Vancouver town and old landlord? Yes, they're all confusing. Um, and then one day, I think it was Dwayne that came over and said, you know you're allowed to move on stage, right? <laughs> like, you're, you're allowed to. You don't have to just stand there. And I came from the classical world where every, don't move. everything was out about like technique and perfection and never hitting a wrong note. And so eventually <laughs> I developed this kind of habit with Dwayne where I would almost aim to make three mistakes per show oh just to force me to like get out of that rut of like being too afraid to move. And then once I got a wireless, it was just like, oh my gosh, I, the, the stage is freedom now so it totally changed me as like a person i need to interject here a little bit <laughs> okay because the first show we did was in pittsburgh right was no, it no no it was like cleveland or cleveland or whatever cleveland anyway uh, what i remember is playing with her and she's terrified we're like <laughs> we're just a couple of cavemen on stage doing our thing and she's playing so perfect. And then I introduce her. I'm like, and this is Johanna So. She's wearing a white shirt buttoned up here with a black top. And she holds her fiddle and does one of these. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Outfit? Like, you should, you should wave and kick. No, she's just like, yeah. She took a bow with her fiddle and her held pristinely. Violin. Violin, yes. It was a violin Still at that a violin point. It's become that time. a fiddle, but yeah. it was a violin. And I just remember going, what are you, what are you doing? What is that move? <laughs> yeah, that's the Suzuki a, method of gigging. The Suzuki bow. We're going to call that. I like that. <laughs> so how long did it take for you to truly relax into the group? Not very long. As soon as I realized I was allowed to do whatever I wanted, it was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yay. And then I just kind of started learning more fiddle stuff. You know, like I, wa I wasn't a fiddle player growing up. So I had to pay attention to the genre and the old trad tunes and just learning to like love this entire portion of music that I had never been exposed to. And again, what the, where she grew up, it, everything was exactly precise. We are nothing like that. <laughs> we even just, just today for our set list, we're writing them down and um, our bass player, Blake was going, uh, there he is. He's in the back. He's like, we're never going to get through all these songs in an hour. And I'm like, well, as we always say, it's a set suggestion, not a list. And of course, it only lasted five songs in. Five songs in, we changed it. Yeah. And we're off the list. So, and, uh, you know, there's just times where, uh, for me being the lead singer guy, I need an extra bit of breath. I know you wouldn't look at think it looking at me, but sometimes I need an extra breath. Anyhow, you're uh, using the breaths for singing, so yeah, when you're done, like, you need to give more. I just jumped around. I shouldn't have done that. Ugh, I need an extra <laughs> breath. But I'm like, I, and it, I was like, it's not going to be exactly from what you hear on the the CD or what we sent you or anything. Everything's going to change constantly, and just you got to watch. And she's an amazing improviser. It never even threw her, but sometimes it like sometimes she'd be like starting. I'm like. No, I didn't start singing. And she, this is this is the you, well, you can't see it if you're listening to it, but it's just like a. <laughs> no. The look, yeah. it's the look. What are you? No. <laughs> uh, but she has favorite memories, and we're kind of. Stuck oh yes, yeah, so we've kind of we've kind of got stuck on. Yeah. Um, 
you know what? Favorite memories is tough after 25 years. We did five tours of Europe uh, in Scandinavia, and so I've been to places I would never have been if it wasn't for this band, like Copenhagen, Finland. Uh, you know, no one who goes to Finland unless you're Scandinavian, or, or like. But who goes? You know what? We have two weeks off, hon. Let's go to Finland. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, they do have a great music scene. Yeah, they love music. They love. We had, we played seven nights a week in Europe. We landed. We asked the agent, "Can uh, give us all the shows you can?" And then we got a fax. That's how long ago it was, <laughs> of the shows. And we're like, "Oh, we have 21 nights in a row, followed by one night off, followed by 14 nights in a row, followed by one night off, followed by 20 nights in a row." I'm like, we can't do this. <laughs> but smoky bars. Smoky. Yeah, you can still smoke and. But anyway, people loved it. Everywhere you go, people love music. And I would say any any place you play where people are just... that We've, we've played so many shows where people are just so enthusiastic and having so much fun. It, there's been so many shows. It's hard to pick a favorite, a favorite moment or a favorite show or a favorite festival or... It sounds like you've got a favorite vibe. Yeah, and Your exactly. vibe is when the audience is really yeah. just... in enthusiastically genuinely enjoying themselves however yeah. that manifests because different cultures and, and different people appreciate a, a gig differently but it sounds like you if you can tell it's that vibe that's when it means a lot to you i would also add to that that with the town pants our methodology if you will is that we always strive to put on a killer show no matter how many people are in the crowd so even at those shows where it's like Okay, what's going on out there? Like There's we're still having fun, like with each other. So that also kind of keeps you motivated, keeps you going, and like you're always having fun together. One of my, I'll tell you this. One of my favorite stories I love to tell is playing in a place called, I think it was Eskilstuna, Sweden, on a Wednesday, and we pull up, and the marquee outside the bar says Taco Buffet and the Town Pants. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're opening for the Taco Buffet. And we get in, and we were not allowed on stage because the taco buffet was on stage. <laughs> so until the taco buffet was done, we weren't allowed on. Now, Eskil's Tuna is known for one thing. They make ball bearings for uh, Audi cars. That's it. The whole place exists. They all work at the factory. That's it. Just ball bearings. Ball bearings. Yeah. Because we were like, what is going on? It's empty. But I also, what I love to say is it's the only show I've ever done out of thousands of shows where 100% of the audience bought CDs. All three people that watched this, <laughs> they bought CDs. They didn't speak a word of English. They didn't understand anything they were doing, but they loved the energy that we had. And through the waitress, we sold them each a CD, and we're like, that's the, f that's the first. So That is so cool. They were probably really full off of tacos, feeling good. Full of tacos. Like, yeah. I mean, how can you not be happy? Tacos, town pants. Oh, yeah. Whiskey in the yard. Uh, yeah. Whiskey in the yard. We so uh, we're we're playing in a, in a Copenhagen, right on the. It's called the Stru, whatever the main uh, walking street, and a place called the Dubliner. And for some reason, Scandinavians love whiskey in the jar. Love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, we have a couple in the audience here. And so we played it, and literally two minutes later, a guy comes up and can you play a whiskey in the yard? And I was like, we just played it. He goes, yeah, I know. Can you play it again? <laughs> And we're like, no, we have a, we have a, we always had a thing. You never repeat songs. It's just like, you know, we have, we, when you know 200 songs, no need to repeat them. 
And he goes, no, no, I can listen to Whiskey in the R all night. You can play it. And we literally, we realized we could just play Whiskey in the Jar for three hours, and we would have made the Danish, uh, the, the Danish audience so happy. And if you've ever seen, what's the movie? Eurovision. Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. So Ya Ya Ding Dong was written for Eurovision, right? Okay, yeah. But there's a scene where a guy comes up to the stage, play Ya Ya Ding Dong! You play it one more time! It's just like whiskey in the jar. So when we saw that scene, we were just like, what is happening? Like They clearly pinned down a cultural thing, but wrote a different song for the wow. film. Wow. Yeah. Very okay. Well, well done, Eurovision. We love that movie. Duly noted. <laughs> whenever I go to, where was that? In the Netherlands? Co- that was Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. Copenhagen. Copenhagen. But if you watch Denmark. that Will Ferrell uh, Eurovision song contest, you'll see the Yaya Ding Dong and you'll instantly remember this interview. <laughs> instantly. <laughs> yeah. That's because, amazing. Play yeah, Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> now I'm doing movie bits. <laughs> Dave. Dave Marsh. You've had, you've had plenty of time to think of some good favorite <laughs> moments here. Oh, I have to answer that question too? Of course. You've got two bands to talk about, so, you know. Uh, sitting in with the Chieftains was a, was, a, was a good one. When Patty Whack got asked that to do that. That was 2004. I don't know. The last time they were here. Something like that. Yep. Derek Bell's final tour. Yeah. What ended up being his last tour. Yeah, how did that how was it? What was the experience like to be able to I mean it was get up there and it was play for them, play with them. You know, I mean, I've been listening to this music for a long time. Uh not quite as long as Patty Maloney has played, but uh he those guys influenced my music from the very beginning and just being able to be up there in their presence was awesome. Then Sharon Shannon was was sitting in with them at the time. At the time, oh, I didn't know and that. So when when Art, Terry, and Chris and I and Patty Wack were sitting or talking uh, out in the parking lot um, between the auditorium and and the hotel for the Chieftains, uh, she walks by and she says, "Nice Boron playing." And that was like one of my favorite compliments. <laughs> if for those of you who aren't familiar, Sharon Shannon is one of the world's best button accordion players in the world. Just hands down, she's played all over the world with so many different musicians. Just amazing musician, philanthropist, advocate, and, and out of all yeah. the noise that was going on on stage and dancers and everything that she noticed, that was was a nice compliment. Mm-hmm. She yeah. probably could hear that it sounded a little different than your standard boron. Maybe. Yeah. You want to talk about your boron? <laughs> I, did you talk about it when you played when you played your gig earlier today? Yeah. You talked I a little did. bit about it. Well, you know, tell. Have you guys heard about the story about his drum? No, I don't know. I think well. it's great. <laughs> he he's I mean, embarrassed is, whenever is, I want him to tell. This is going back to '78, '79, um, when that was before they made tunable borons. What's a tunable uh, bull run? It, they have an inner rim that you can tighten and loosen the head by pushing up the Im- inner rim between the outside frame and the head so that it pushes the head out. And so there's additional tunability based N- on the now, frame. Nowadays. The, uh, yeah. Back then, those things weren't... They just didn't uh, They exist. hadn't been created yet. Right, right. Uh, and I ordered... Well, I went through two Borons learning 
I mean, my first two years of playing, because borons are made with goat skin, and goat skin is a thin skin that is highly susceptible to changes in weather. And we live in Nebraska. And we live in Nebraska, <laughs> and not in Ireland, where, as Mick says, the difference between the summer and winter in Ireland is that the rain is a little warmer in the summer. <laughs> the first time we ever went to Ireland, my husband and I, yeah. I remember that was the advice he gave. Was uh -huh. like, I said, should we go in January? And some people were saying, it's so cold. And he just said, <laughs> nah, the, the, <laughs> the rain is just slightly cooler. <laughs> right. Okay. He was born and raised in Dublin. He's one of my bandmates. But So um, I got together with... A, a luthier, Dale London, a great instrument builder um, in Lincoln, who sadly is no longer alive. And we made a frame for a 16-inch floor tom-tom drum head that I can tighten on with old banjo hooks. Um, and I used fiber skin. And, you know, it doesn't look nor quite sound uh, real traditional, but... I can take it out of the case anytime I want and play it, and there In it is. any weather. <laughs> right. And so. it was before that functionality was really commonplace in yeah. the general music scene. Well, so, yeah, there yeah. wasn't... I didn't know anybody else that played the boron. I, I, was, I was taught on an album cover and a penny whistle by a guy, uh, my Swiss sister's... I was an exchange student. My Swiss sister was here with her boyfriend, and he played in an Irish band in Zurich, and he taught me with an Irish with a whistle and an album cover how to play. And, and like I've been a, a pizza box since. when you're practicing with a pencil and a <laughs> pizza of, box. Yeah, so that's my story. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. That just reminds me of uh, playing in uh, Whistler, BC, uh, which our band started in Vancouver, BC, and uh, our old. Tin whistle player. It used to be just myself, my brother, and Aaron Chapman, our tin whistle player. And they do have tunable whistles, but he didn't have one. So we got hired to play the lineup waiting to get on the ski hill because it was so, so long. We were just hired to entertain them while they waited. But it was absolutely freezing. It was a ski mountain. So we'd get out there and acoustic instruments. <laughs> And cold weather with heaters in front of you just don't work. And the fingers, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, we had an acoustic guitar, we had a banjo. Those are tunable. The tin whistle wasn't. So we had to tune our instruments to the tin whistle because it would get higher and higher and higher. <laughs> and then we'd get lower and lower and lower as you got towards the heat. And it would completely change. And we're like, can you stand in one place, Aaron? Because you're, we're like, ding, 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 ding. And it would just sound terrible. I don't know if you've ever heard of just a slightly out of tune any instrument. But a tin whistle, it was just, it was, it was awful. Did they move a lot? Did your player move a lot when they were playing? You know, like, oh, yeah. the stage is freedom. Please, please don't have that freedom in this moment. <laughs> so that reminds me of um, a good friend, Terry Keefe, playing fiddle back in Lincoln. He was an uh, original Paddywhack uh, um, member. And three of us were, well, we were all kind of multi-instrumentalists. But one of those combinations was two accordions and a concertina. And and playing oh, no. and he had to play fiddle along with that. How does he? <laughs> and they who were does all they were all tuned slightly different. Oh no! And of course, the accordion when it's when you're playing in a musette setting, you've got a set of reeds that's 440 and another set that's 442. 
And so to get that music swing tuning. Uh, so yeah. uh yeah. Uh, that's how a, how ask, did ask you Terry manage? Uh, like that's that not is very a, kindly. That is the source of so many like accordion jokes yes, out there. Is three absolutely. two accordions and a concertina? Yeah. Who do you tune to? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Are there any questions for the band right now? I, we're just chit-chatting up here. We want you to be a part of it. So if anything comes up, just let us know, okay? So I'm pretty sure they're all just escaping the heat in here right now. <laughs> That's I'm going to take a nap. I just like my father-in-law <laughs> at a sermon on Sunday, just Wait, sitting in the back falling asleep. There's air conditioning in there? What? <laughs> what? Oh, people are talking? Uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. This is Steve Trigger from Gaelic Storm. Hi, we're Vernon Kelly. Ashley Davis. Valiant Salsa. We're Chance the Armand. Thanks, Mackenzie here from Dive. Hello, this is Eddie Delahunt. Flanagan's Right Hook. We're We Banjo 3. Hey, it's Keith Brewer from Barley Juice. This is Derek Warfield here. Sean McGinnis from the Dublin City Rambles. This is Martin McCogan. Ian Byrne from the Elders. Hi, I'm Tyler Duncan. This is Mike Shimon. And I'm John McSherry. And we are the Olam. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. You're listening to. Banjo, 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 Thunder on the Plains. Thanks for listening to Thunder on the Plains. Thunder on the Plains. Thunder on the Plains. The best in arts, music, song, and tradition. So what is, what's next? I mean, we know your project. Like, what would you dream of doing in, in the future, aside from just, you know, resting, healing, healing said spine if possible, doing your project, are there any are there any particular goals or projects happening on the horizon? Um, I can tell you, in all honesty, I haven't thought that far because the band is ending, and the thought of me of this ending is too much for me to actually think of what's going to happen after. So I'm going to get. I want to do the best I can for the next couple of shows and get through it, and then decide because if I start getting distracted by what's next then it's not I'm not going to give my all to the next couple of shows and I don't want to I don't want to I, I even hate to use the term but the quiet quitting I don't want to do that I just don't want to I just want to show up do the shows phone it in yeah you don't I don't want to do that I want to play it like I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life and then I'll worry about it I don't like I say it's not the end of us playing music right right it's not the end of it's just the end of touring it's the end of 10,000 miles a year but it still sounds like there's maybe a little bit of grief that you're aware it's going to have to happen oh, sure. at the end. I, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've been working with my partners. Uh, her dad is a, it works in a shop. So uh, two days before I came on this, I was welding, which oh, wow. I've never done in my life, and driving a tractor and using plasma cutters, which I have never done in my life. But he's like, I need help. And so I'm, I'm that I'm like, oh, well, I'm learning something, and it's a, you know, I'm, I'm making some money, and I'm having fun. I don't think a welder is in my future. Okay. But for now, it's just kind of keeping distracted until this all happens, and we'll we'll go from there. I, you know, she's she's headed for full on stardom, so it's like <laughs> I'm gonna ride her coattails. She has offered uh, for me to tune her. I don't know. No, I can't even tune a the fiddle. The secondary so. fiddle. I was going to say, for, so as soon as one string pops on stage, you have the next one she's, ready. She's just going to have a banjo backstage that'll never be used, and she'll make me tune it and, and, pay, me, and pay me minimum wage Keep to just show busy. up. Keep yeah. you yeah, busy. Yeah. No, no, just tune that. I might need it. Yeah. Okay. In three years. That would be great. 
when I have my experimental. He'll, he'll be my emotional support bandmate. I'll just bring, I'll just bring him along. <laughs> just for the ride. You're smart enough and people love you. Dwayne and I are getting married eventually, so that's in the future. Yeah, well. Congratulations. Well, well no, we're, we've been engaged for over a year, so, you know, well, there will be a wedding in, in the future. And um, we're renovating a cottage that Whoa. was in the family. And it wasn't really prepped to live in for the winter. Like, it was just a summer cottage. Oh. So that's been a big, big, big project. Um, yeah, that, that is our immediate future is, like, heat and how... how <laughs> got her plumbing. I would really like an indoor toilet. <laughs> indoor plumbing, what? Yes, exactly. Um, right now I'm working on a film project, which was just a last minute like job opportunity so we'll see if whether or not I like working in film I'm kind of just running around making everyone else's lives easier so it's a different type of work to like not be on stage and not you know the center of attention it's sort of fun to like scurry around and auxiliary support yeah just like not be the one everyone's looking at so that's new and fun and I might keep doing a bit of that yeah that's kind of what we have Dave, is there anything uh, upcoming in either bands or your neck of the woods? In I'm playing my Music of the Plains program tomorrow in Denton. Ooh. <laughs> That's a big time. Denton, Nebraska, not Texas. Okay. Right. I, I've never even heard of Denton. So. Uh, right. Either. That's, <laughs> it's, south of, it's south of Lincoln, so there you go. Uh, I mean, it's a town of about 125. Maybe the bustling but metropolis. I am. Um, I've been working pretty hard these last few years to be able to retire uh, this next year. Probably that's not un- announced. <laughs> I guess it is now. But I can edit it out if you need I, me to, Dave. No, that's okay. <laughs> they they know. I have I have a. My acreage is powered fully by solar panels that we installed. My electric bill this month was minus fifteen dollars. Um, Jealous. And I have a garden about mostly the size of this <laughs> room, five thousand square feet. Jealous. Um, that I produce a lot of my food, and I'm gonna uh, be able to play music wherever and whenever I want to, and. I'll Jealous. Travel around <laughs> some, and that's what my what my future is. Living uh, the dream, for, Dave. Looking forward to dream. it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. I need your help up at the cottage. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because all their lettuce died this year, and tomatoes. Are you serious? We did. Try, we tried our first garden this year because oh, we were so excited no. to have property, and it didn't go very well. You guys weren't around. Yeah, we, no one was there to tend the garden, <laughs> so we just started it and thought, well, maybe when we come back every two weeks, there will be something there. We got some sweet peas, little little peas, <laughs> weeds and leaves, <laughs> weeds and leaves. Yeah, you leave basil for a weekend and it dies yeah, on you. So, but we so, do have a cat. So that, you know, that's exciting. You that, didn't kill yeah. the cat? No, no, no. We have people watch the okay, cat. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> but not water the garden? It seems like too much to ask. <laughs> it's not too much to ask to feed the cat, but not keep, dump some water. Keep our cat alive, but not the tomatoes. You're fine. All right, all right. You learned some lessons this year. So speaking of lessons, I would love to uh, have another put you on a spot question. 
throughout your years of playing music as a band and touring, uh, throughout your decades with uh, musicianship around the area, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a musician or as a human um, that you would attribute to your years playing music? Keep working hard and don't complain. (laughs) That's actually a good question because Dwayne and I have actually, one of the things we've discussed is doing a podcast about simply the things that we've learned being a band at this level because we're nowhere near famous. They're 99%, 99.9% of the people in the world have never heard of us, but we've managed to make a career out of it for 25 years. And there's, there's some really, really simple things, uh, you know, that we figured we could tell people, like, for example, when you stop for gas, everyone in the van gets out, pees, gets food, and gets back in. If you don't do that, you don't get to do it for another six, because we can't stop every time someone needs to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's like, everyone's out. <laughs> Even if you don't have to, just go stand there in front of the whatever. We don't care, but, you know, there's, there's like, we've learned tons of little practical lessons on how to just get through, you know, when you, again, when you put, when you put five or six people in a van for five months, you learn a lot about how to get along with people and how to, what you can put up with, what you can deal with, how to talk to people that's, because you can't scream at a person and then get in a van for seven hours with them. I mean, you can, but it's not comfortable. (laughs) You know, there's this, there's this little things, tolerance. We've definitely learned tolerance. We've learned patience. You know, we haven't conflict learned... Conflict resolution. Conflict resolution. We've n- we have not learned accounting at all. <laughs> accounting. She, she can attest to that. Accounting is not one Will of the Will not main, tell uh, the tax person, so... I agree with all those things. One of my lessons that I remember um, <clears throat> from seeing Pete Seeger play at a, a concert in, in Iowa was that he he didn't wow you with... Uh, phenomenal, um, I don't want to say musicianship because that's not correct, but um, didn't blow you away with, with, with precision. Well, well, that's not quite either. No, I, I know uh, what you're but, saying. But, what you're saying. but it's okay just to play within your realm of what you can do well and do it well. And people like that. Um, that it sounds, you know, sometimes you can make the simplest stuff sound... I mean, emotionally uh, significant and, and really touch people that way. Um, and the other thing is to not worry about making mistakes. You kind of touched on that earlier, but uh, if you saw my shows earlier today, my, my fingers remember melodies really well. Uh, my brain forgets the words the happy birthday if if I have an opportunity you know give me the chance you know what I I will I will agree with that because I will I will say I have played with absolutely astounding phenomenal musicians and I don't know any that would could could do what we've done they like some of the best musicians I've known could not handle the lifestyle could not handle all the things, but the people, I mean, she's an exception. She's a very exceptional player. Uh, and she's actually learned, like she said, to dumb it down a little bit. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be entertaining. People don't want perfection. You don't want to go see a band 
that just plays note for note what they have on the album. You want interaction. You want them to say, hey, are you having fun? Hey, are you having fun? You make a joke. You say a thing. You mess up. Like, I messed up today. I completely forgot a whole lyric I was at. I was so confused. I'm like, where am I? I had to go to my brother. And he's like, yeah, I'm not even joking. He's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And I get up. And the thing is, like, uh, here's the thing. A, a funny thing, a funny story. One of the best bits I ever did. It wasn't me meant to be a bit. But we were singing in a bar, and I blanked on the lyrics to a song that I wrote. I wrote all the lyrics. So I, I turned it into a bit where I'm like, hold on, everybody. I put my banjo down. I went to the merch table because the lyrics were inside. I opened a CD. I took out the thing. I went back. I was put my banjo back on. I went, and I started singing. And people absolutely loved it. No one went, oh, my, what an idiot. They just thought that was hilarious. And so you entertain. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be note for note on everything. And, and make yourself feel like the idiot you are <laughs> or, or, you know, or that you feel like you are. But if, if they don't see that. I mean, you just move on. It's just human. Yeah. I think musicians have a tendency, and, and I know there's other folks who might not be musicians that have this tendency, but I, musicians especially, I think, have a tendency, especially when they're learning and trying to make their way in the scene and trying to at least become a, a known member, an accepted member of the scene, um, to have this sense of, I cannot screw up. I can't, I can't screw this up. I have to prove myself. And part of proving myself is being absolutely amazing, getting all the notes right, being able to pick up on everything as perfectly as possible and follow along as ideally as I can. And, I mean, as a DJ, I have that same problem of, like, perfection. And I think through the years, all the stories, not just what you guys have shared in just in this past hour, but from what I've heard through the years um, with other bands and stuff, that authenticity is really the learning that all these musicians have had, and that takes the music to another level, to be able to relax into the imperfections of your sound, um, the limitations of your instrument, or even of your voice, or your, your body, and to say, well, I, I'm never going to be able to perform like a machine, but I can perform like me. And to be able to... And it's difficult to release that need for perfection or, you know, that need to be at a certain level that is unattainable because you're human. Yeah. I don't know. Or even what, what is the definition of that level that we're always right. mentally trying to achieve? You know, like, what, where was my head when I thought I needed to play every note perfectly? And how much more relaxed am I when maybe I make a couple mistakes in the first few songs at the top of the set and then it's like, yeah, okay. Mistakes out of the way, done that, moving on, like just learning how to continue in the face of something that may have previously been a, a big disappointment, like leave, leaving the stage like disappointed in yourself. Like that's not right. It, it's not healthy either, yeah. you know, to walk away just feeling sad. You want to walk away feeling like proud that you made other people happy. You made a connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's about making the connection as opposed to making the perfection. We, we've told, like, we've, over 25 years, we've played with a, an amazing array of musicians, you know? And one of the things we always tell them is that if you make a mistake, just don't look like you make a mistake. Like, don't Fake go, it oh, till you make don't it. make that face. Just smile and go through it. And literally, zero people will notice. And the ones that do are not worth 
If they're like, yeah, you played a C chord, you should play a G chord. I'd be like, oh, well, you know what? No one cared. I, I play, I, as it happens, I play my banjo in a tuning that I prefer. And I, I, will get, I will get banjo players come up and look at my fingers and go, what? What is he? What? That, that, what is he? What? Uh, that is not even a chord. And like I'm playing the banjo, so take it or leave it. This is what you get. But you, you can, you can be imperfect. You smile through it. Again, even, even with a festival like this, and people are all facing you, they're not paying attention a thousand percent. They're having drinks. They're there with their friends, their family. There's people are like, if you have someone who pays attention to forty percent of your song, that's pretty good. And if they happen to catch your one mistake and you laugh it through, they're not going to care. And when you get off the stage and people say, even if you had what you think was the worst show you've ever done, and you get off and they go, uh, oh my God, that was an amazing show. You go, thank you. Yes, it was. I had a great time. You don't go, no, no, I screwed up and she screwed up and they were late. Didn't you hear that second song I played? Uh, <laughs> I forgot the lyrics oh, yeah. and then I missed the so, verse. So this year we had a show where my pickup like came flying off the violin but it's mounted to the bridge so I kind of had this panic moment of like I have to rescue my instrument you know but I also want to continue we still have 30 minutes left of our set so I asked the sound tech could you get me a chair because I think that's the only way that I can get through the show so so if I'm seated maybe I can leave the pickup like on the instrument very gently and he brings me this tall office wheelie chair. And I'm like, and there's no way to lock the wheels. So like the stage is rocky because it was one of those set up, like hardly mounted, it wasn't like a physically mounted stage. And so we're just like, eh, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep going. And I'm looking at Dave and he's just dying because he's like, you're the one in a chair. You're playing sitting down. <laughs> and I'm just, so sad that I'm stuck in the chair and I can't move. And we get off the sh- like off the stage, and people didn't even ask me about the chair. Like no What's one, to deal with chair? no one cared. Everyone was just like, "Great show, great." Somebody posted a picture of me now. in a chair, and like like you said, they're not gonna ask about all these little things. But it, to me, it was just like I can't believe that just happened. But we made it through the show. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> you know that just you started off the okay, you started off this hour talking about growing into your freedom of moving on the chair. <laughs> and we ended with a story of you losing said freedom to go back onto a chair. I think that I think that is a great way to end this. This has been a wonderful chat. I am so honored to be able to sit down with uh, the two of you from the um, one of your last festival interviews. Um, thank well, you thank so you much. Thank you for having and us. Dave, Marsh, thank you so much for stepping up last minute, letting me drag you up here on the stage no to problem. chat as well. This was so great to be able to uh, share stories and compare experiences and really kind of share the uh, joys and the memories and the uh, authentic vibe that is being a Celtic musician through the decades. So thank you all very, very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys again so much for coming out. Thank you for coming out. Have a great rest of your time here at the Greeley Irish Festival. Thanks.